Thanks for listening to the Swearing In Podcast, where you'll hear the origin stories of those who chose to serve. So ground your gear, take a seat, and listen up. The Swearing In Podcast starts right now. And welcome. I am Marty Smith, and this is a Swearing In Podcast. My guest today is former Navy Petty Officer Second Class Stephen Leapley. Stephen grew up in the Midwest and went to high school in St. Charles, Illinois. After graduating, he joined the Navy and went to Great Lakes Naval Training Center in 1991. He became a corpsman and attended A school at Great Lakes. His first assignment was to the medical center at Great Lakes. His next assignments were to Guam, Mare Island in California, and then to San Diego. He left the military on September 4, 2001. Stephen currently owns and operates Leapley Enterprises, LLC, where his specialty is ghostwriting. Now this concludes your pre-brief, so let's get on with the interview. Stephen, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Marty. Thanks for having me. I always forget the former. Yeah, you got to be careful with the Marines. You know, they you can never say once a Marine, prior always a Marine. Marine. Yeah, I know they're, they're pretty. They're pretty. I'm sure you ran into those guys too. So, uh, Stephen, where'd you grow up at? Uh, I I was a, I'm a Midwestern boy, uh, born and raised. I was born in Ohio, and then between birth and fourth grade we went ohio indiana michigan illinois wow. so wow. so i grew up in the, so from fourth grade on basically grew up in the suburbs of chicago why did you so move that around was, so much and then i um let's see my dad's job so my dad oh, okay we we're we moved to indiana because my parents wanted to get away from their parents and then and then uh he had a my dad had a really good job in Indiana and then a company moved him to Michigan and uh, uh, we got to Michigan. We were there for nine months and they gave him uh, oh. a, a raise and a deal that he couldn't refuse to go to the place where he absolutely didn't want to go, which was Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so, uh, so it got us into the suburbs of Chicago and that's where we kind of, and that's where we stayed until I joined the Navy oh. and, then, and I joined the Navy and, and my, I, you know how they say, you know, join the Navy and see the world. You know, I think was the, yeah, right, right. Mine was join the Navy and see Great Lakes. So I went to <laughs> I went to boot camp. My A school and my first duty station were all Great Lakes. So oh like, no, Great. you're kidding! First... No, oh, it was. Uh... I was like, woohoo! This is gonna be fun. <laughs> right. Oh. Well, let's let's back up. Let's go. So where'd you go to high school at? Uh, St. Charles is a, it's a, like a Western suburb of Chicago. It's a kind of a far West, like directly West of Chicago. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's recently been made famous because Donnie Wahlberg and his wife moved there. Oh, they <laughs> so, did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. I was going to, I was going to say your suburbs of Chicago, that's, uh, that's all that John Hughes made a whole career out of directing movies in the suburbs of I, Chicago, right? 
Oh yes. Oh yes. They're all my favorite movies and I've been to all the locations and really, and yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like, like we had senior skip day and most of us were like, you know, the, the Ferris Bueller yeah, right, berets. Right, right. <laughs> it was, we had a lot of fun doing that. How did the military come about for you then? So, um, originally I had no, I, I had no desire to join the Navy strictly because my dad was in the Navy. No, wow. we, we didn't have a bad relationship, but I was just like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to. Sure. Right. And so, but my uncle was in the Marine Corps and he was my hero oh, and yeah. growing up. Uh, yeah. He taught me about music. He taught me how to play drums. Like, like he was, oh, wow. whenever we went there, like he was just my hero. Yeah. And so I remember being a kid and I would take his, you know, our, you know, in the military, we get those, when you graduate boot camp, you get the, the boot camp book, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, and so he graduated seventy six from 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 boot camp from Marine boot camp, and so they he had like ten copies of his boot camp book at the time, and so oh, we we he got one for all, you know everybody in the family, yeah. and uh, and so we had one, and I used to take that thing and I would try to recreate the obstacle course in my backyard, um, <laughs> so just so I could try to be like him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to join the join the Marine Corps. Um, I had no originally I kind of was like, I want to be a lawyer. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, but then, and at the time that I was joining, he was a recruiter in Detroit. And so I was like, oh, wow. that'd be really cool if he could recruit me in the military. That would be amazing. Yeah. And so, and so I, I went in there and we started talking and for the longest time for like three, four months, as I was talking to the recruiter, it was going to be perfect. He was going to be able to get his name and everything on it. The recruiter in, in Chicago was going to be able to, was going to recruit me, but yeah. my uncle was going to, his name, it was so, you know, back in the days before. You're trying to get off. him credit basically, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and then like at the last minute, this guy was like, nope, your uncle's not doing it. He's not oh. getting credit for it. It's going to be me. And I was like, I'm out. I got up, oh. walked walked out of the office. He goes, "You can't leave." I'm like, "I haven't signed anything yet." I'm 18, you know, or 17. Nice. Like, you know, yeah. like, I was like, "I'm out of here." And I walked, I walked out, took a deep breath, walked right into the Navy recruiting office. <laughs> and, Isn't uh, that the thing? You know, that's, so that's had, why they got all four of those guys together. Yes, because yes. people get mad at one and go join another. It's so. I think they're in cahoots. So I think I think so. So I walked in and and um. The other thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to be a, a radio disc jockey. That was that was like my my dream goal was to be to be like a morning radio DJ, you know, in in a in a major city and just like oh wow, how did that yeah. come about? Um, I music. I think my yeah. uncle just like I was just I loved music and was always listening to music and yeah, yeah. and just I don't know. I started DJing when I was a kid. You know, and just it's kind of nice to be doing it. in control um, of the music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was also back to my uncle because he had the old like pioneer music component music system that he bought in Okinawa. Oh yeah, you know, in yeah. the seventies. Yeah, right. You know, and like they were, and so like the eight track player and the revert, like all this whole, stuff. And so it was like the whole equalizer. We and everything would sit down there. in his. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we would sit. Yeah. I see them all on eBay and that's my, that's my next goal is to buy all those for me. Go back to vinyl, huh? Yes. Oh yes. I still have probably thousand, thousand wow. original vinyls. Wow. I know. Never getting rid of them. Yeah. Um, no, not now. Yeah. And so, so I walked in the Navy recruiting office and, um, 
and I was like, my dad was a radio man, and then he became an, an like an operations specialist, but I, which I had no idea really what that was, but I didn't want to do anything like that. And I was, and it was in that moment of like, of like, okay, I'm now I'm mad at the Marines. So maybe the Navy <laughs> is an option. Cause I was like, I don't want to go to the army and I don't want to go to the air force. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, essentially because I knew nothing about those two. Um, and so I, I talked to the Navy guy. I was like, I want to be, I want to be a disc jockey. And I probably like recently saw good morning Vietnam and thought I was going to be sure. Why not? Right. Right? Yeah. Like what the heck? And so, and so I, I, um, I was talking to him like, well, you know, that's, he goes, that's kind of not what radio men do. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the, it's in which, the title, but it's not the yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so, and so I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, well, then I don't want to join the Navy. I'm out. And uh, <laughs> you walked and, out of that too. And I started to walk out and the guy's like, and the chief was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. He's like, come, come sit with me. And he's like, and I, and, and I remember this vividly. I'm like, don't try to suck me into a contract because my dad was in the Navy and I know he tells me you guys lie to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> and, uh, and so he's like, he was like, no, I'm just going to talk to you. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Ask me any question. And, and, um, and so I sat in his office for like an hour and, um, and we just talked through like my life up to that point oh. and, and what I wanted to do. And, and, and uh, he was a good salesman. That's for sure. That's pretty good. He took the time to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, there was, there was this other side of me who like, I'd always wanted to be like a firefighter or um, a doctor. And yeah. he was like, well, yeah. and he goes, and I told him what happened with the Marines and my uncle, you know, just a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And he's like, have you ever thought about being a corpsman? He goes, it's, it's a, it's not a doctor but it's kind of like a doctor, you know, which it is, you know? And, uh, and then, and then he was like, he goes, so, and here's the cool thing. He goes, we, the, the Navy's medical team is the medical support for the Marines. He goes, so you could be stationed with your uncle. And I was like, where do I sign up? (laughs) Wow. That is so smart. That is great. He found your, he found your one thing. Yeah. And he used it. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And, uh, and, but that was the time that was 89, 90. And, and that Were you was graduated where, high school at this point yet. I, no, I graduated high school. Um, did I graduate high school? I think I had graduated. Yes. I want to, yeah. Cause it was, it was, um, it was like September of, of 90. So I just graduated, I had already graduated high school. I was 18. Yeah. And, uh, um, and so I, Oh, did you say I, 1990? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that was that was a time where everybody coming into the Navy had, on top of the ASVAB test, had to take the nuclear test because it's you know, oh, nuclear. Yeah, cold war. So, yeah. Um, and if you got it, you got like a twenty five thousand dollar cash bonus if you joined wow. the nuclear program. And I oh, yeah. and I missed it by like two points. Oh, you're kidding! And so I was like, because <laughs> they were like, they were literally, if you pass the test, they put you in the nuclear field. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so I'm glad I'm, I, I'm glad I, I missed that. And so I ended up, um, you know, joining and went to core school and, and did you uh, go right away? Or did you delay entry or I went delayed entry. Okay. So I, I went in, I went in January of, of 91. And I remember, I remember being in boot camp, and it, I'm and the Gulf war started. Um, 
Oh uh, yeah, that's operate. right. Because we right. we were in we were in we were in Desert Shield at that time. Yeah. And and then and then Desert Storm happened, I and I remember sure. I remember the the drill instructors coming in, and like it was somber, and they turned on like military TV or something, and we were watching watching the 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 missiles got shot off of the of the Missouri. Yeah. And um yeah. and it was like a shift, you know. So you know, they're obviously you know in boot camp they're they treat you like crap anyway and yeah. and you know you know for good reasons but um but there was a shift in how they treated us um and oh. it was still it was you know there was still like this craziness about you know boot camp yeah. but it but it had it was almost like we had a purpose oh yeah um, right right yeah. here's this is a this is a real thing we're not just training for it anymore you may yeah. go yeah 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 and you know it, it almost felt very like like full metal jacket ish, you know, in the sense oh, of like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like you guys, some of you, you know, cause my core school was 12 weeks and, and before even boot camp was out, they, they changed it to eight weeks so that oh, they could push, they could push people through quicker. Um, well, and unbeknownst to us, it was a hundred hour war and our, you know, yeah. that was it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically. It was good enough to ramp everything up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's and, and so, uh, um, and so that's what, that's what I, that's, that was my getting in story, if you will. Where'd you go to maps at? <laughs> uh, Death just right Plains. there in town or. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, I, it was like an hour away. Oh, I still remember okay. that. That was, that was the first time I'd ever like really been away from home. Yeah. Um, yeah. With away from, away from home with nobody that I knew. Um, yeah. Right. You're completely stranger. Yeah, I mean, I grew up super like conservative, Christian, oh. um, in in you know in the Midwest, like like yeah. I was a I was a I wasn't a good kid, but I was a good kid. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, well, you so, had that background, and now all of a sudden, there's no background anymore. <laughs> there's there's no background. No, it was it was it was all for one and one for all. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Would you would you? meet guys who are like well you're not going to be friends just because you don't want to be friends you know it's like uh uh it's it's a weird melting pot that's for sure yeah it was it was crazy too because i i was like i wasn't a really strong kid uh, you know i wasn't like just you know i was a little frumpy i mean i, I remember going from like 23 percent body fat to 12 percent body fat out of boot camp I'm like i wow. look good nice. when i got out of boot camp nice. but i was i was you know, I had been picked on a little bit in school and, and, and just, just wasn't, I hadn't really like really truly stepped into my assertiveness yet. Yeah. And I, re I remember in boot camp one of my, one of the, you know, leads is huge black guy from, from Alabama. And he, I mean, he was on me all the time, like would physically like would push me in, in, in boot camp and stuff. And, um, and one day he, he says something to me and kind of, kind of gave me not even a hard push, like a, just a little, a little push. Yeah. Um, and I and I lost it. I turned around and I was like, and he's like 280. I mean, this guy was soft. And I just shoved him, knocked him to the ground, and I jumped on top of him. Whoa. And and yeah, like out of nowhere. And like started wailing on him. And like two, three steps in, he just like grabs my arms, stops oh. me, and like like literally picks me up <laughs> and sets me in front of me. He's like, I've been waiting four weeks for you to do that. And uh, and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's like <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, you need to come out of that shell of yours. And this uh-huh. is the only way. Out. And I was like, yeah, it was really cool. Like, like in, in retrospect, I was like, that was, that was, that was my first life coach. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. You get pushed to that point where you just kind of do something uncharacteristic. Yeah. But that's what's needed sometimes, I suppose. Yeah. Pretty so, cool. Uh, Pretty neat yeah, that he was, said that. Yeah, that he was waiting for your response. That's awesome. Yeah, we're actually still friends to this day. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's probably there's probably we probably chat once or twice a year just via via messenger on Facebook and and you know, like, hey, how's it going? How's the family? You know, kind of thing. And that's pretty and neat. Every yeah, every that's... every couple every couple of years one of us will like, you remember that incident? I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a game changer. <laughs> uh did you tell him I mean you've obviously told him well, what'd you say to him? Did you, did you say thanks? Did you say? I think, I, yeah, the first. I think the first. Didn't know what con- I needed until you told me what I needed. When we got connected when we first got connected um, some years back uh, on Facebook. I, I told him that I was like, like you know what, that incident really like changed the trajectory of huh. my life, and I just you know I appreciated that. And he was like, I pre-, he's like I remember that that moment, and he's like I remember you were just you have something in you, but you just didn't know what your value was. Sure. And, uh, right, but right. I saw it and right. I was like, I just, you know, it's my job. I like, took it as, I took it as my job to do that. That's and, pretty uh, good. Yeah. And I it was like cool. That. that is pretty cool. Um, so I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm still like friends with probably eight or nine guys I went to boot camp with that I, that we talked to on a reg, on a regular basis. God, I wish I had done that. You know, I wish I had the foresight to have kept in touch with those guys, you know, but that's, hats off to you for doing that. That's, that's wonderful. I was, it was, it was probably in a drunken stupor one night when I started, I just pulled out my old Navy book. I was like, if I'm on Facebook was out, I'm like, Oh, let me just search this That's, guy. Search this guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> uh, so you go to basic, you go to a school all right there at uh, grand lakes, right? Yeah, great lakes. Yeah. Or great lakes. Sorry. And then, uh, where was your first assignment? Great lakes. <laughs> but I mean, what, what was the unit? Oh, your first oh, assignment? Um, I got, I had a, I had a really easy, I had a really easy military career. Um, I okay, went to, um, it, which, which is a story in and of itself, just like a 30 second snippet is there was a time period where I was, I was actually was mad that I didn't have a more like robust career. And yeah. then, you know, then like 10 years past that, after I got out, then I've been like, I'm really fortunate that I had a easy career, you know? Sure. And so, uh, so I, I that was a piece that I had to let go of, but I, my first, my first assignment was a clinic. I was a medical clinic in Great Lakes on the, on the, so, so Great Lakes is a training command. Yeah. So you had one side of it was, was the hospital and the core school. And then the other side was probably 80% of the, of the, of the Navy's, Navy's um, unit. NECs, you know, electricians and everything yeah. else was, was there. Like the, so support, was, the support folks for the base kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. so that's where, that's where, um, that's where I got stationed at for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Bit, were you a little bummed about that? It was like, at, yeah. at, I kind of at first. And then, and then it was kind of cool. Cause then the, you know, all my, my buddies from, from school would come up oh, and, uh, yeah. um, and I would go home. I mean, I remember going home one weekend and, and throwing a, throwing a kegger while my parents were on a mission trip in Mexico. <laughs> a kegger. I haven't heard that in a long time. And it got, and it got busted. Of course. <laughs> I, right. Of course. And I was only 20. And so I remember there was like 200 people in my home 
and uh, wow. and and the 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 next door neighbor called and the, you know, the cops knock on the door and of course somebody opens the door and sees police. Everybody starts running. They like <laughs> corral everybody. There's, there's 20 people in my house after that, maybe 25 people that they had corrals in and, and nobody there's like one person looks over 21. So they're like, yeah. And they're like, and they're like, okay, who's here over 21. And like, like all these people raise their hand. You can just see like the police were like, bummed like crap oh like <laughs> so everybody showed them their id and out and of that there was six of us left that were not 21 yeah. and um and it's my house right and, and he looks at me he's like he's like whose house is this i'm like it's mine I'm like my parents but it's mine and he's like he's like how old are you i'm like i'm 20 he's like have you been drinking no sir <laughs> i was 12 hours of vodka and mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I'm, At he's least like, you were alert. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, he goes, good. You can drive down to the station behind me. <laughs> wow. That was lucky. Yeah. And so um, I was like, okay. Wait, and drive to the station for your arrangement? My own car. Yeah. For my arrangement. Oh, I could oh, drive geez. down. God. It was, I, it was a smaller ish town, but it was yeah. kind of, I don't, I still don't know why, but, but we went down to the station. Every single person that was there. So, so this one guy blows. So I, I, you know, so I had to do the breathalyzers at the yeah. police station, right? And yes. I blow a point zero zero. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> the life lesson there is vodka and Mountain Dew. You're good. <laughs> wow. Apparently, yeah, that's really good. It's, that's a that's, that's my unofficial life lesson there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, you know, maybe every, we sh- maybe we shouldn't have the kids listen to this after all. So. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um. And everybody else that was there, you know, I think the legal at that time was like a 0.08 and everybody was blowing like 0.02, 0.04. So nobody was legally drunk. Um, And so, but because everybody had alcohol in the breath, they had two choices. They could either pay 50 bucks or spend a night in jail. And every single person that was there had 50 bucks on them. It was hilarious. So they had, and then I blew a point zero zero and he's like, just because you blew a point zero zero son doesn't mean you've been, haven't been drinking. And I was like, in, I was a smart ass. Right. And I'm like, well, just because he blew a point zero four doesn't mean he's drunk. <laughs> One of the other, it was, come back. I like, yeah, it, it was good to come back. But so I show up on Monday morning and, um, and walked right into my, into my CEO's office in there. And I was like, we need to talk. He's like, what happened? <laughs> And I said, well, went home for the weekend, had a party, got busted and I uh, told him, told him everything happened. And he was, and I was a good, I was a good kid. And he was like, yeah. I'll tell you what, he goes, whatever, whatever the civilians give you, that will be your punishment. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll just leave it at that. But if it happens again and which it never did, yeah, <laughs> but right, right. It, was, it was a good life lesson. It was a good lesson too. to, to, it was my really one of my first times that I learned like, when you give effort at your job and you do it well um, and you make a yeah. mistake, if, as long as you're doing your job well and, and you're honest about things, like, like you're not going to probably get in, in the much trouble, as much trouble as you think you would. You can get a little grace there just yeah. by your performance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's pretty good. That's, that's, that's more integrity than probably 95% of the people at your rank at that time, especially when you were done with the cops. You weren't, yeah. it didn't affect your job. You weren't late the next day. So, um, no. and, and the only thing, I, the only thing that came out of the, out of that was I had 200 hours of community service and I had to take an eight hour 
um, alcohol class oh, yeah, on the yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and everything was done on the weekends. So it was. All things considered, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 From there, I ended up going to Guam, spending spending three years on Guam. Is that your next assignment? Yeah. Um, so how's the, how's the, what were you when you went to Guam? What year? First? Uh, I got there in 92. And um, it, was, uh, what's your, since I don't know, and I probably should have done some homework on Navy ranks, which I've already asked you about, um, uh, what was your rank when you went? Um, I think I was still in E3. So you had in three years or so? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, nine, yeah, to about three years, right? Yeah, in the '90s, that was that was normal. You know, it just yeah. You know, You're like an had, E3, go out to go out to Guam. That had to be, well, now you're seeing the world at least. Right? Yeah, that was those three years in Guam. I mean, that was I was twenty, twenty one, twenty two. Like that was like that was the heyday of life for, oh, for that yeah. was like college, right? Like I, yeah. <laughs> I considered I consider that my college days. That was there was. There's probably more stories that I can't tell on a podcast. Than there's yeah. like, like <laughs> well, let's see. Did you get your? I'm sure you got a scuba certification while you're out there, right? I did. Yeah, yep. There you go. So, um, you know, I hear it because we have a, you know, there's a relay ground station out there. Some other little stuff out there for the Air Force. So we hear there's a well, there's Anderson Air Force Base unless oh. unless it closed down. I don't know if it. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Um, yeah, was, I know. That, it's, I know it's not a big one. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not. Uh, wasn't huge, but it had a really, really good beach bar on it, and and um, oh, that part I didn't know. Really? Yes. Um, it was it was really cool going down there because um, it was like you had to come to the top of the island, and then go down a huge hill on on one of the mountainsides to get yeah. to the base. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and it has my first um, has my first wife. That's where I met my first wife. She was oh, in the yeah? Air Force. Yeah, my which we call we lovingly call my first deployment. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, uh, you know, join the ranks. We we've all got an X somewhere in there. It seems like so, uh, especially during that part of our twenties. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, and it, you know, you you find somebody that's like, oh, oh, we're, we're having fun every night. This this must be what marriage is like. Let's let's let's, let's get married, and that's not what marriage is like. No. <laughs> but, I mean, did, do they have dorms out there, or did they have uh, they had dorms out there? out there? Yeah, they had dorms, and they and I mean, it was it was a Guam's a fully functioning island. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's uh it's basically, you know, Guam to the Japanese is like Hawaii to somebody who lives in Idaho. You know, it's a it's oh, a yeah. resort destination. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, of of sorts. Um, but a, you know, a lot of cool things to do out there, and and um. That's I, I did some more DJ work out there. I worked on the radio station for a little bit, and oh, cool. and DJ did a country bar. <laughs> <laughs> country bar in Guam. Wow. It was called the Lost Cowboy. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect name. Uh, yeah. How, how, how much? How much more appropriate could you get? That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was that was cool. I mean, the, I had actually that's kind of where my disdain for the Air Force came in. I have to. I don't know. <laughs> That's um, fair. Yeah, let's go. Let's explore yeah. that. <laughs> it it took me a while to get over it. We um, because we were we were medevacking. A, we had one of one of the time we were medevacking a four year old kid, and um, and 
we were medevacking in Hawaii and, and, um, the only thing that the only plane that had going out was an air force, air force plane. So we're, we're giving him, giving them to, to the air force guys to yeah. take over. Yeah. Um, and one of the kids that was holding, holding the, um, kids, he's probably my age, <laughs> you know, um, hold, holding the monitor, um, the kid flatlined, the, the patient flatlined, oh, um, wow. heart stopped. And, um, and the kid was just looking at the monitor. He's like, he's like, Hey dog, he goes, this line's been flat for like a minute. Oh, no. And, um, and so we ended up having to do CPR on the kid in the, in the airplane on the ground. Wow. It never left, it never left the, never left the ground. Cause he, he died in the aircraft. We, we coded him, for, him for an hour. Yeah. And it was like, we were like, you know, the doc's like, okay, we need to call this. And and the other corpsman and I are like, no, we're not calling it. It was, I mean, it was, it was really a tough one. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I just remember coming off and just being angry. Um, was, yeah. uh, was the guy looking, holding the monitor? Was he, uh, was he a medic in the air force? It was an air force medic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he was, and he was, you know, young first, you know, like first appointment just out of his, probably just out of his school and, yeah. and, and, got sent to got sent to Guam and ah, and so it, you know it, you know looking back you know it's you know it's it's just water under the bridge and, and an event in my life to yeah. some degree but at that in that moment I was like oh I hate the Air Force <laughs> yeah sure easy yeah easy yeah take one event you can hate a whole branch of course right that makes, <laughs> that makes more than enough it's, sense so well, I mean, I, I do every year when the Army beats the Navy in football, so. <laughs> I don't cheer for either one of those guys because those guys grow up to be officers and they're. Yeah, that's true. That's, anyway. that's the comment. Uh, I, I had somebody I had somebody earlier today who was uh, I was talking to and he's like, uh, to become a client of mine. And he's like, so how much is it? And I'm like, well, you were a prior officer. So that you get, he's like, oh, I get, the, I get the officer pricing, right? I'm like, yep. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that kid who, who died, um, was that your first ever patient that had passed that way? It was, it was. And so that was, that was, um, how did that hit you? Did you have to go talk to anybody or, or did you feel the need or were you able to process it? We did talk through that. Um, I think, I think what helped was literally we came, we came down, down the, the ramp out of the plane. Like yeah. I, I remember, I remember, like I can remember it like it was yesterday, like yeah. just ripping our gloves off and throwing them down and just like cursing the moment, like sure. that we couldn't save the kid. And, um, and his parents were in the ambulance ah. and the doc was doc was down there talking to his parents about what happened Yeah, and it coded on the, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I remember we get down to the bottom and, and his mom and dad, and they were pretty affluent, um, members oh, really? in politics yeah. on the Island. Yeah. Um, and and I just remember the mom and dad coming up to us. There was three of us, and just like like just bear hugging us and saying thank you for everything that you did for our son. Wow. Like we know like you did what you could, sure. And 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 we're grateful for that. Um, wow. And so I think that was that was probably the 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 best thing that could happen mentally yeah. Yeah. Um, was to have that like acknowledgement right away from the parents. Yeah, because if um, that had gone the other way, yeah, you know, it would be like, 
you let my son die. If that starts, yeah. then you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, they to the point where when they when they did a service for him, the funeral service for him, um, they recognized we we were you know we were invited to the funeral service and right. and and they recognized us as the medical team who who did everything they could to to save their son. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and so that that kind of helped like like really. I'd say squelch most of the, of the sure, dramatic sure. stress from that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's good that that happened that way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, tell me more about Guam. Any more on that assignment? Um, I had a, I had a great time there. I mean, it's, you know, there was, you know, as, as a, it was, it was my first time ever in a strip club. Um <laughs> Like I love telling the story too because because it literally, you know, again we're in we're in the nineties we're overseas, and yeah. uh, you know, and so we had my buddy. I'm like I'm not going. He's like let's go to. Over. We were we were at a bar, yeah. and ironically, all of the bouncers at this one bar were all Navy corpsmen. Oh, look so at that. it was it was kind of cool. You know, local bands would play there, and other bands would play there, and so it was it was, a, it was a happening spot. And across the street was was a you know one of the strip clubs, yeah. um, and we're like, oh, we're all going over there. I'm like, now nah, you guys go. I'm gonna stay here. They're like, come on, Steve. I'm like, nope, never been into one. Not going into one. Not gonna do it. And, and my buddy literally grabs me, throws me over his shoulder like a duffel oh, bag. Wow carries me across the street puts me in a booth he's like we're gonna hang out and sits next to me so i couldn't get out yeah yeah <laughs> he's like we're gonna have fun here i was like okay i think i walked out about a year later <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of phone numbers and a lighter wallet right <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah where did all my money go <laughs> oh my goodness uh, uh what when did you uh that wasn't like a, a 21 year or birthday party or anything like that. No, it? no. It was just like a, a, a Tuesday night. I think <laughs> it's like, you know, and I, I was just, I, you know, I, it, yeah, I was like, I don't want to go. And, and, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, it, it was funny. I had, um, gosh, there's so many, you know, it's, it's funny. We had just as many shore stories as we do sea stories. <laughs> oh Yeah. Hey, know, wait, now, let me ask you this. How did, how did that work? Um, you're assigned, your assignment in Guam was to a medical clinic, but do well, they, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, finish your question. I, I, I was, do they slice you off for periods of time? Do you go out on ships? Do you, uh, or does the ships have their own assigned, uh, corpsman? The, sh- the ships have their own assigned corpsman. Um, okay. but the, the cool thing was, is out there, when when you're forward kind of they, they considered it forward deployed because you're you're sure. overseas duty yeah. and um and and so the 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 cool thing was is there's a little bit a little bit of a lax um of of kind of i would say a little bit more bendable rules you know yeah, so like even though i was signed at the signed to the hospital you know i could i could find someone on the ship which i did and say hey you know you want to come to the hospital and i'll go to the ship for you know for three months and and uh, as long as they weren't deployed you know going on their on their west packs yeah, yeah. um you know most of the time it was really cool and wow uh, that's pretty neat it, it was it was a unique time I'll, I'll say it was a very unique time to be to be there i think um, yeah yeah you know and then also being overseas like working yeah i remember i remember working in the icu it, i think 
statute of limitations is 25 years now. I think I'm okay to say this story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, we'll see. That might make uh, that might get headlines inadvertently for the podcast, but let's, let's go for it. I mean, it. Okay. We can always edit it out. <laughs> sure. Nope. Sorry. We didn't have that on there. <laughs> um, you know, we being overseas, you know, there was, we had, we had opportunities to do some medical procedures that only doctors were supposed to do with, with the docs there, yeah. you know, so they, we, we were taught how to do it, you know, advanced like arterial line placements and, and wow. heart placements and things like that. And, you know, and part of that is, you know, being deployed with the Marines, we would almost be doing that out there anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and in a war zone, you know, combat zone, nobody, nobody questions necessarily like whatever you do to save the guy's life. Like if you have to put in an A-line, even though you're not a doc quote doctor, um, it doesn't matter. You, you can yeah, still... that'd be, uh, uh, that's one thing. Uh, at least, you know, they're not going to reverse course and go now who put that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so, and so it was, it was awesome to be able to learn how to do some of those procedures. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and have and have the experience. I remember. I remember one time we had a doc. Um, this is the story that that might have to get edited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, doc came in and said, you know, we had one patient in the ICU, and there was three of us working one night. And he was like, he was like, don't call me. He's like, this is my anniversary. Don't call me because I don't care what happens. Don't call me. And I'll come oh. in in the morning. And and it was like one o'clock in the morning. The patient had a seizure, coded like pulled out inadvertently to him, like just in, in seizing, pulled out all of his IVs, all of his A-lines, his heart oh, line, man. everything. Um, it was crazy. And, uh, and we just, we just went to work and we had a nurse and two corpsmen and the nurse was a prior, it was a Mustang. So he was a prior corpsman anyway. And we just went to work and did everything that we needed to do, put the, put the lines back in, um, and, and so got them all prettied up and doc walks in at like six in the morning and, and sees him sitting there and vitals are stable and everything's, and he's like quiet night. And we just took our, took our, um, our doctor's notes and just kind of slid him over to the table and went, and went, have, have fun reading this one, doc. And he starts reading through it and he's like, and it was commonplace for us to write doctor's notes anyway, you know, because yeah, yeah, sure. that was, there's teaching us how to do it. And he read through him and he's like why didn't you guys call me? Like, cause you told us not to doc. Yeah, you, you, you told us not to, you taught us how to do everything. We know how to do it perfectly because you taught us perfectly. That's pretty and good. so, there yeah. was, so, and he was like, cool. And, it, <laughs> and, and just, it was really cool. Cause it was like that confirmation of like, you know, yes, there's procedures and protocols. Um, that, sure. It, but, but it, it, for us, it was like this, this, I don't say justification. That's that's not the word I'm looking for, but um, um, not appreciation, but uh, oh man, what's the word? I'm a writer. Validation. Validation. Thank you. This yeah. validation that that our training and and what we can do actually can be done. And even if you had called him, all that stuff that you did would have had to be done right then and there anyway. Right? Would have had, yeah. And he you weren't going to wait for him to get in. So the, the only difference would have been would have been him saying start doing it right now and start prepping it and getting it ready for me and we would have called him back and said he needs it right now and he would have said go for it and right and anyway so wow wow uh, that's pretty cool you know yeah. and that's nothing that they can rate you a medal for because it was kind of outside <laughs> no. the rules right <laughs> yeah so it's like 
Eh, yeah. Well, you don't get nothing for this except the satisfaction that you're competent. Yep. Which may which is worth more than a medal anyway. So. To yeah, to to me it was so so that was fun. And then from from there, I went to to Mare Island, which was in Northern California. Well, now wait a minute. Yeah, you, you had there had to be a re up in there somewhere, right? Yes, there was. So, so when I was in Guam, um, my four years came to an end, and I, I extended for a year. Okay. And then, and then um, went to, to Northern California, and then reenlisted. Oh, so you reenlisted out there? Okay, so that's uh, what do you what are we talking about? Ninety ninety six. That was ninety five. Ninety one. Yeah, it was ninety five. Ninety five. You went to California. I guess you know what? No, my extension took me. Yeah, ninety five. I went to California, and I, yeah, it was ninety six when I came down to San Diego. So my first year in California, I was up in Northern California, at at Mare Island, which was a sub base that got shut down. Oh, okay. I think I've now, heard of that. Yeah. At that point, it, it was really cool. There's a lot of history there. Um, I got my first top secret clearance there. Um, and uh, why'd you get a top secret? It was a nuclear sub shipyard. Oh. There you go. And so, yeah. and so we we all had to have, have all had to have clearance to get on the subs. Yeah, right, right. And uh, that that has one of my favorite military stories, actually. Okay, good. So I was I was sitting for a sailor of the quarter board, um, and so this was this was ninety five, and this was right right around the time where they were where Congress wanted to wanted to change the rules and put women into combat roles. Oh, and I so that, that sure, yeah. That was the, that was the hot topic, like you know, mm-hmm. and you and you you, there was no like towing the line. It was either like you you loved it or you hated it, yeah, and usually the old guys hated it. Yeah. <laughs> you know the you know they the the old E seven eights and nines are like no women in combat no, and I remember getting ready for the for the board, and the night before my chief pulls me to the side. He's like, so this question's gonna come, oh you, no, and, and you need to be ready for it. Um, he goes, this will be the make or break question for oh, who wins it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how do I answer? He goes, I can't tell you. And he's like, you got to figure that one out on your own. And I, I can't give you, I can't give you one way or the other. I just know that it's an important hot topic right now in wow. the military. At least, he, so, at least he gave you a heads up on it. So yeah, I think most people had them, had the heads up, you know, yeah. and, and, um, but I remember sitting there. And the question came and, and I tried like the night before to think of some, you know, grandiose answer. And like, and, I, and I'm like, no, that's stupid. No, no, that, yeah, that, just, yeah. that makes me sexist. Like, no, it's like, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to go with whatever comes to my mind when they ask me the question. Okay. For, and, and so I'm like, you know, what the heck, you know, at least it'll be an honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and so I remember aunt getting the question and there was this, E8 that was like on year 28 just kind of set back and just like oh, you know no. stroking stroking his chin just and he's the one that asked the question he's like petty officer leave he's like most important question in the navy right now is women in combat what do you think about women in combat and why there is, right there it is took a deep breath in the first thing that came out of my mouth was like well chief i think it's a good thing and you know, and he's like, I could just see the look in his face, like, "Boy, you better say something good, or I'm gonna yeah. smack you in the next right. week." You know, and I said, "The more women we send into combat, the less chance I have of going to combat." 
Oh, shit. <laughs> that was the response I got from everybody. They busted up laughing. I ended up winning sale of the quarter board because of that. Wow, that's great. And, and and it was like, it was the most honest, like, perfectly politically correct yeah. answer that wasn't politically driven or or motivationally driven by it was just like here's the reality of it <laughs> you know, like no you skirted it you you turned it all about self-preservation and avoided all the political stuff that was yes smart. yes <laughs> and i didn't even know i did that until after the fact really <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it was it was it was just this beautiful like you know like we still talk about it to this day my buddies and i when we when we get on the phone sometimes it's just it's one of those just humorous things that that you know it was an important thing and, and but yeah like like would you know absolutely if the numbers came up and, and you're like we're getting deployed we would go because that's the job yeah, of course, of course. Um, but no yeah, but nobody right. wants to nobody really yeah yeah nobody really i mean wants you do this uh, you know as part of the commitment of swearing in and signing up and all that stuff yeah but then there's the other side it's like yeah, I'd rather be back at the Guam strip joint, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, 100%. That's how I'm <laughs> That's pretty good. That just came to you. That is that's that is a moment in time. That's great. That's yep. great. Yeah. And it got you Sailor of the Quarter, so. And it, and it got me Sailor of the Quarter. It was, be- it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> where was that? Was that, uh, where was that board at? Was that, uh, first you said you went to, was that at the sub base? Yeah, that was up oh, at Mare okay. Island. Okay. Yeah, which was a which was an so Mare Island was its own kind of offshoot, but it was an offshoot of Naval Hospital Oakland at the time when when Oakland was still open. Oh. Um, when it was actually still a building, it's it's now been since destroyed. Yeah, right, right. But That's a uh, lot of California stuff has been, you know, Brack did a number on all those stuff, all, all yeah. those bases out there. Yep. It was it was yeah. I remember when when we got the call that that the base was gonna the base was gonna shut down, yeah. and um it it got put on the list, which meant anything that happened wasn't gonna get fixed because right. you're not you're not yeah. part of the shutdown. shutdown I've been crew. I've been part of many of those. Uh, you know, my ten years in the army it was like twice, and I was like, God. Mm. so we were at Fort Polk, and. They moved our division out of Fort Polk, and then they moved in the Joint Readiness Training Center, and then they suddenly poured all this money into Fort Polk as we were walking out. And like, hey, how about all those condemned barracks over there? It's like, oh, we're fixing all those now. <laughs> it's like, well, why didn't you when we were there? Yeah. Like, yeah, too low priority. So. Right. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, how about your reenlistment? Did you do anything fun for your reenlistment? Um, so I came down to San Diego and reenlisted in San Diego. I, and I reenlisted in the back of an ambulance. Um, oh. <laughs> so, which, which was kind of fun. Although when I was up in, up in, in at Mare Island, our chief, um, our, our, our chief reenlisted on home plate at giant, on giant, at giant stadium at, at what was oh, then wow. candlestick park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice that was that was really cool um that was an amazing thing to do what was it uh at san this might be naive of me to ask but was it just san diego naval station there um or navy base 
when I, when I came down to San Diego, so San Diego's got, or do they have several? I don't, I they have several. Know. They have, they have, uh, there's, there's the, there's the Naval station, which is where all the ships are at. Yeah. And then there's Balboa Navy hospital. Um, and then there's North Island, um, which is, uh, for the aviation side of the house, which is oh, where, okay. where all, most of the planes are at and the air squadrons. And yeah. then there's the, the Naval Amphib base, just to the south of, of North Island, jeez. which is where the SEALs train. Oh, jeez. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. There's a, there a lot down here. Where did you get assigned to then? I got, initially I got assigned to the, to the, um, to the um, branch clinic that was out there um, the, at North Island. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was, that was fun. Um you know, I ran, I worked with a couple of nurses that I worked with in Guam, you know, and so it was, it was kind of in one that I, I had worked with in, in Great Lakes before I left. And so it was just a great, you know, like almost like family reunion of, of sorts. And, and that's where, that's where I got a lot of experience. I went from, from the, from the base there to the education and training department where oh, I learned did. how to that's where I, I learned how to really write curriculum. Um, yeah. I had a really cool nurse that, who, who was our division officer who had a master's in curriculum in education. Oh, wow. Um, and so she taught us how to write curriculum and let us write curriculum. And so that, that, that was a, a, a pivotal point when I turned into my business, um, which that's was getting neat. That's, that's, uh, that's a neat uh, hand in glove kind of thing there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. And then, um, and then I went over to Balboa into the, into the emergency room and ran the EMS department there. Um, and that was right there where we were making the transition from the Navy corpsman running, um, running the ambulances, the 911 service to the federal fire department, getting them, those guys trained as paramedics. And you were training those guys. And I was doing some of the training there. And so that actually led me into led me into a job um post-military with my first job post-military was was working at a for the government was was a county government as in the in the ems field and so i i was able to just huh. basically do whatever i do what i did in the navy yeah. but at a civilian job for four times the amount of money uh, well yeah well. <laughs> and be home every night yeah uh, right right <laughs> i was gonna say it was still a government job but uh yeah compared to the military pay it was definitely more than that so um, well, let's get to that. So, uh, San Diego was your last duty station. That's where you got out at. Yep. Yes. And so that's, so my getting out story, um, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not a coming out story. It's a getting out. Story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had orders to, uh, we had, I had three years, three year accompanying orders to Okinawa with my wife, um, to go with a Marine unit. Oh, and, geez. And so this was like a year, about year nine. And, um, and, and so when I went to, we had a baby, we had our first child at that, at that time. And um, my wife had postpartum depression with it. And at, in, in those, those late nineties, they didn't have the, they didn't have the facilities to, you know, deal with, with that, with, with, you know, spousal problems, spousal problems. No, that was, uh, that was not even. Uh, considered, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Did it come in your sea bag? No, then it doesn't yeah. go with you. <laughs> kind of, okay, well, and, and we're not going to pay for it if you go outside. So yeah, yeah. And so, 
And so, you know, in perfect military fashion, like, well, if you can't go for three years with your wife because she has a, a depression condition, we're going to send you one year by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, right. you know, I mean, On that's a company tour with the baby um, and the wife being depressed. Oh, yeah. And so, so that stress, when I go to, I go to, to sign or to, to go to execute my orders and the way in process that's with the, with the Marines, they're, you know, sticklers. I was like a half a pound pound overweight out of, out of, out of Marine Corps regs. Um, really? Yeah. And so, so Wait, your body or your gear, my body. Are so you kidding? Yeah. really. And so because I was out of, out of the, the weight regulations, they stopped my orders, sent me back to Balboa. Jeez. Um, that was on a Friday. Um, so you had so already I, made the decision. You were going to go unaccompanied, right? I was going on un, I had to because I was still and I couldn't get out. So I was I I I had to go unaccompanied, and we I had already walked through that like, you know, being angry at each other, their separation because yeah. it's so much easier when you deploy angry than <laughs> makes no sense. But you yeah. know, like that it, was, it never gets any better. That's right. No, no. Um, and so, and so that was on a Friday. I ch- check into Balboa on a Monday and three pounds underweight. <laughs> And uh, so I, I looked at it as a blessing, honestly. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, careers are kind of won and lost on uh, what what seems like wistful decisions like that, or, or yes. happenstances, anyway. Yep. And and that's when and that's when I that's when I got out. Can you go ask your brothers to help you, please? Sorry, a little three year old. <laughs> um, uh. Well, and that makes sense. And uh, so, uh, were you? What were they offering you um, in counter to going to Okinawa? Or did you say that? And I missed. There it? was there was nothing, um, because I had I'd been overseas and I came back stateside. Yeah. And I think I was only back stateside like six, nine, seven, nine, eight. So I, I guess I was three three years or so stateside. Um, and then they were like, you have to either go back overseas, but there's nothing, there's no place overseas we can send you. Um, because you, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was Okinawa or Okinawa. (laughs) With all the places that the Navy has, that's all they had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but again, like I look at it as a blessing in disguise and it was change, change the trajectory of where I was going. And, so they and, were like, uh, find some place to go, or, you know, terminate, right? Yeah, and so so we decided to get out, and I got out. July, I remember July seventh, <laughs> I got out, <laughs> and um, and then and then right away. What what I, was that? Ninety nine. Uh, two thousand one. Oh wow! So, so you I went got a out. little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and, God, and right before all that stuff happened, right? And I, I got out and I joined the reserves because I was like, I, I spent 10 and a half years in, but let me at least do the reserves so I can try to get some retirement. So I joined a tank battalion um, what? And, <laughs> down here. And I went to the first. An army you know, or first a Navy thing. tank battalion? Navy. Uh, no, Marine Corps. Marine Corps tank battalion. It was oh, 4th okay. tank battalion. Okay. They don't have, Marines don't have tanks anymore. They sold them all to the army. Um, well, we sold them used stuff anyway, so. <laughs> we did, out of date stuff anyway it's like there you go we just gave it back to you you can have these old ones <laughs> and so and so um i went to i went to my first um 
my first weekend, you know, drill and it was weird um, <laughs> doing, doing reserve stuff. Yeah. You know, I, if, it's if, not easy to get used to. That's true. No, it was like, I was, I was like, <laughs> if I'm going from, re, from active to reserves, like this is just weird. It was like entitled people um, yeah. that, you know, now to anybody who's listening, who's re- full on reserves, I, I know it's not, but that was, that was my perception at the time. You know, that's like, what I did right before I got up 10 years in the reserves. So, oh yeah, so, you, so you didn't do anything. <laughs> Just, I was an active reserve, so it was, okay. it was different, but uh, uh, I, I know of what you talk about. So Yeah. And so I came home and I was really kind of like, almost disgruntled about it and just like because sure. it, it just didn't feel right and so and so my wife said you know what either go back in full time or get out and just yeah. end it here and and that was that was my last official day in the reserves was september 4th 2000 oh my god are you kidding yeah. that's amazing and so uh and then of course September 11th happened and, right. and, and I remember my wife calling me one time, uh, I don't know, six, eight months after that. And I'm just crying hysterically. And she's like, somebody from the Navy called and they said, you have to report back and you're going to deploy. And I was like, no, no, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty confident. I don't have to do that. You weren't in, they didn't put you in IRR or anything like that. Well, the IRR only goes to eight years. So you, you just, Oh, so after that you had no commitment. Yeah. Yeah. After after eight years, you had no commitment. So I was at ten and a half when I got out of active. And um and so I remember calling the chief and he was like, Patty Azulipa, you you gotta come back in. And uh um I was like, No, no, I don't, Chief. He's like (laughs) he's like, We've got a war going on, we're losing Corman. You you have to go. And I'm like, No, I don't. He's like you ever heard about a thing called IRR, son? And I was like, Chief, did you even check my record? I'm like, I did oh. 10 and a half years. IRR ends at eight. And he was like, well, we need you to come back in. And I said, well, <laughs> there's d- only two reasons. He was done. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm like, there's only two ways I'm coming back in. Either the president signs a draft notice, you know, that I have to come back in, or my wife says yes. And my wife said no. So unless the president calls you and says, you get to call me, don't call me here again. <laughs> right, right. What and, I was amazed, so, what I was amazed uh, during that time, we uh, we did a story uh, on reserves and guard, uh, but I didn't realize how many guard and reserve were activated during that time, and that was a lot. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I guess I just never, I never realized it. Um, but they ran the numbers and I was like, holy cow, I didn't realize there were hundreds of thousands of, uh, reserve and guardsmen that were put on active duty orders. So, yeah. So amazing. Um, any, any formal send off or was it just last day of wearing a uniform next day? That was it. Or did um, you have a ceremony had, or anything? I, they hose like you a- down or anything like that when you were getting out? You know what I mean? I, I know. I know. I know. I had a. I had my own. You know, quote retirement party. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, I I know we I know we threw a party when I got out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, um, you know, it was, and I stayed in, the, and we stayed in the area because I when I got down here, I had met my wife, and she was San Diego native, so I was like, oh, okay, Perfect. I'm never leaving. Yeah. I'm never leaving San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
you know, it's like, I, I remember my mom calling me one time, like February, like, are you guys home? I'm like, well, first of all, mom, I, I am home, but, <laughs> but, um, I'm like, you know, what's the weather? And she's like, well, you know, it's, you know, three below 30 below with the windshield, but it's February. I'm like, mom, I'm in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during that time. You know, it's funny. I got out of the Army in 98. And I remember being there in 97, or late part of 97, going to a job conference in San Diego. <laughs> and it was, uh, uh, you know, Super Bowl was there, uh, I think, beginning of 98 and or 97. I can't remember what it was. But I was like, God, San Diego is beautiful. You know, it's just wonderful. It's crazy now. Uh, yeah it's changed just a little bit but uh still i I don't know i i of all places i mean we've we've gone there you know every three or four years just to take a three or four days because it's just it's wonderful nice i don't know if i would want to live there but uh i don't know if i could afford to live there to be honest with you but and you're still there right i'm still here yes Yeah. yeah um all right so now how do we get to Stephen Leapley, LLC. Well, that's a <laughs> that's another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, I could, could do, we could do that if you'd like. I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to give you the opportunity to. We it won't take me that long, <laughs> maybe two <laughs> hours. Um, no, no, I I got I got out and um, was working working civilian sector as a in the EMS divisions and. Um, and I got to a point where where my ego was really got really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I turned. It was it was. I remember all my friends like having these nervous breakdowns when they turned thirty. Like oh, now I have to actually be an adult, and and I was like <laughs> that that's never gonna happen to me. Never gonna happen to me. Um, I waited till I was thirty three before I had my. Ah, nervous good. You fought <laughs> it like, off. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I kept it. I kept it at bay for three more years. Or maybe you just made it more intense when it finally did hit. Yes, I'll, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a, it was actually a really really dark season for me, and ended up in rehab for seven months. Oh no. And um, and almost almost lost my lost my my family, and and crazy God, I didn't. But um, uh, when I came yeah. back out of that. I went to, I went to, went back into the medical field for another company. And I just realized after a couple of months, I'm like, if I stay back in the medical field, I'm going to be right back where I was in no time and in throes of addiction. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, do, you so think it was the, do you think it was the nature of the work? Partly. No. Um, okay. Yeah. Partly. Um, it, it, you know, it, you know, like, what is what is that that movie line from uh, from Clue? Is like you know you know war wars 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 hell peacock <laughs> something like that. Like, you know, it's like it, it puts a man through a lot of changes. Or yeah. maybe that was weird science. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably weird science. Yeah, maybe that was weird science. Yeah, it was Anthony Michael Hall. He's like, you were a black man in Vietnam. I'm like, well, the war puts a man through a lot of changes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good so, reference. Yeah. And so um and so I, I I stepped out of of medicine, kind of just officially retired from 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 being a paramedic and and went into corporate training and I remember sitting down for that interview and and 
the inter- lady interviewing me who became my boss, she said, why are you, why are you changing careers? And uh, she's like, you're getting out of the medical field, going to retail. I'm like, why, why are you changing careers? And, and again, you know, those, those first thing that come to your mind moments. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, I'm, I'm not changing careers. I'm just changing venues. <laughs> she was yeah. like, she was like, I don't understand that. And I said, well, you know, if, as a, as a paramedic, I roll up on a, an emergency scene. I have about 30 seconds to determine, you know, if the scene's safe, if the guy's, you know, has, has a weapon on him, you know, yeah. is he mentally stable? You know, is he bleeding to death? Like, you know, all these different things that can happen. It's the same thing when somebody walks into the, as a customer, you know, I went to work for Kinko's and like, oh, so, <laughs> I was like, you know, you walk in, you have 30 seconds to know if this, if the guy's happy, sad, mad, that's he's good. mad at us. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, uh, and she was like, that is so true. Yeah. You do your assessment and then you, uh, you decide on a course of action and you go. Right? Yep. And so, and so yeah, I, I did another good answer. That's really good. And, and so I, I did that until 2008 when, when, um, the economy was, you know, crashing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eight, when, nine, when, that was bad. When that happened, you know, they, you know, the first thing that goes in a company is, is all the ancillary services like human resources training sure. goes out the window. And, and so I got let go there and I decided, well, it's now, now's, now's a good time to use my GI bill. So I went back to school, Oh, okay. um, in my forties and went back and got my, my associates, my bachelor's, and my master's, basically. Did, did you get the pay for for attending the school? I did. So my okay. essentially my bas- my my bachelor program got paid for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, and did they give you the stipend on top of that? Because I there's some instances where you can get it, and I can't remember. What no, because that was that was the post nine eleven GI Bill had the stipend. Oh, so you used the uh, older one, right? Yeah, I used. The, I was okay. part of the Montgomery GI Bill, the original, yeah, yeah. the original crappy one. I was kidding. <laughs> there, it, it's a, it was a blessing, um, and so we went back went back to school, and and for for a few years, and that got us into. What was your degrees that. in? I'm sorry. Um, my bachelor's is in theology. And uh, wow, nice. and, Bible, and biblical studies, yeah. and then my master's is in counseling psychology. Oh, jeez, wow! So, okay. um, yeah, I got, I got, I came out because we were going to originally. My wife and I were thinking about starting a church, and oh. then, and then, coming out of there, out of that, I didn't want to do that, and um, <laughs> it was. There's more to it than that, but, but, but uh, it's. We just, you know, went went on, off in a different direction. Yeah, and, right, um, right. Um, but we, when we were in our in our bachelor's program, our last semester or so of our bachelor's program, we had were online classes. Okay. And so, my wife had this great idea to to um, throw everything in storage and and go on a on an RV trip. We had five kids at the time. Wow. Jeez. And uh, um, and it's like this is the only time we're ever going to be able to do this. You know, we have we have you know we have enough money to to do that, and and then we'll come out and then we'll figure out what we're going to do after that. And so, so we did that for a few months. Um, ended up in in Ventura County for for a couple of years. What year was uh, this? This was uh, 2012, 13. Okay. I'm going to say about 13, 14, right in there. Yeah. 
and um and 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 so we up there for a little bit and then um with the GI bill, we took out some loans just to live and, and kind of just, so I didn't have to have, didn't necessarily need a full-time job at that time. Um, nice, but it, and it was still, it was still crazy. I mean, I, I kind of regret, I, I regret that time, but, but I don't, um, it, it would have made some different financial decisions, but, but wow. you know, we all have seasons like that. <laughs> sure. And so, <laughs> But maybe it's a pathway it's, to how you got to where you are now. So, it is a pathway to where you know I, I, I look at it that way, hundred yeah. percent. And um, and so we ended up, ended up coming back down to, so we made our way from Huntington Beach or from from Ventura County, back to Orange County, um, for for a year back to, to uh, San Diego County where I was or I was in a rock band, for oh, for about a year, um, that was fun. Um, I bet. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a good time. And, and um, <laughs> but, but um, during, Still during all school, in the RV, right? Um, no, we, we spent, that was the first time we just spent a couple months in the RV before we hit oh, okay. Ventura. Then you just hit the apartments from there and back into houses or apartments yeah. in. And, um, and then we came back down um, after the, after the band, um, the, the two houses that we lived in, you know, post that was like 16, 17, we, um, both of the houses were in flooded had, had, oh, had geez, you're kidding. um, and so after the second one, my wife was like, I, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this. Um, can we, can we, can we go full time in an RV? And wow. up until then it was old school RVs with no slide outs, no rooms. And I'm, I'm an only child. And I need my, I need my, I need my space. And my, you know, it's like I'm selfish like that. <laughs> so, Hard to breed out of you. Yeah, that's for sure. It, it really is. It really is. And so, um, so we compromised. We bought a brand new, um, travel, 36 foot travel trailer with four slide outs and a bunkhouse for all the kids to be in on one side of the, uh, you know, bedroom and the other side for us. And then a nice big living living room kitchen area is that a fifth wheel or is that a full all it's a it's an it's an it's a travel trailer so it's like a fifth okay. wheel but but like a bumper pool is yeah sometimes. yeah yeah all right um and so so we've been in that since 2017 wow. um, amazing and uh yeah and that's that's really cool at one point we had all seven of our kids in there for a very short wow. a very short season um and uh um but now I have I have three three out of the house, so I have only yeah. have four, yeah. four only only four yeah. left compared to home. where you were. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's, wow, it's getting easier and easier. It is, and, and so um, and so we we did some traveling. Uh, you know, we did a cross country trip in it, and um, and you know, had a, had a lot of fun and just went into a couple of different private lands, and so that's kind of where we are now is on private lands. Um, and so now, now I'm in my RV, in my travel trailer on a private land, and now we have a farm. Um, so, uh, you own a farm? We're, well, I mean, I've got like 70 chickens and five goats and, wow. and 13 dogs right now, but my dogs just had puppies. So, uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> um, 
and so we we have that's kind of how that's 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 what we have now but but back up real quick while we were in school um i was editing my wife's papers and uh okay and i was just just good at, at writing and and such like that and 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 so i remember she came to me one time and had a had a 10 page paper that was due and she's like i'm done writing she writes like she 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 writes like she talks so okay. she'll just like writes it all out and then she's done um and so she gives me a paper and she says and she says i need you to edit this for me and i was like okay how many pages does it need to be and she says 10 and i looked and it's four pages <laughs> and i was like well i'm like i'm like honey you gotta write some more she's like i'm done i'm done writing oh, it's like just turn it in I'm like i can't i can't do that like it's got to be at, at least nine you know yeah. at least come in like a page under if you're if you want to yeah. and so that was like my first official unofficial ghost writing gig was right there was 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 writing sure. the rest of her paper and because you know because i know her you know i know how she thinks and 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 processes things so it was really easy for me to write as her wow what insight you got from that that's led to what you're doing now that's yeah and, and so that's that amazing. that's that's kind of how it got me to to writing and we were getting ready to do our cross-country trip um a buddy of mine needed some copywriting he's like well you need a way to fund your trip he's like why don't you just come work for me and i'll help fund your trip and and um so i worked i've worked for him for about four years um and uh and so he helped fund that that first piece of the trip wow. and then cut my teeth more and more and then and then just started um got a couple couple more clients and and really just word of mouth and and i did really good work and so that's how i kind of got into into copywriting um wow. for for a while and then th this last year i made the decision because i got kind of burnt out because a, a lot of the copywriting includes social media and i'm just um oh. You know, yeah, that's, that's having, having done it for a long time, I'm like, I'm so done. So yeah. It's important, yeah. but I just, I was just done with, with managing social media accounts. And so yeah, I would imagine it gets a, a bit repetitive and it get and, and demands a lot of your time because you it always have to be on there, right? Yep. Yep. And so I switched, that's when I switched over to ghostwriting um, and focusing primarily on, on books and yeah. and you know blogs articles and, and some special projects one-off projects here and there uh, that i get to pick um, wow. and that's and and i i just fell into this niche of of the last two three books that i've worked with are all veterans um huh. and so that really like and and so they're kind of like have you have you you know who jocko wilnick is sure yeah so yeah. you know he wrote the extreme ownership book and right, and right. so that's kind of like this the style of 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 how most vet veteran entrepreneurs write anyway it's like you have the story or entrepreneurs in general really you have the story and you use that to, to somehow relates to your business you know in some way right. so it's like right. you you know threading that needle to say you know you should hire me for this because here's my story and sure. i overcame it you know kind of thing Battlefield and, to the boardroom is the classic example, right? Yeah, you know? yep. And and um and this last book that I, that I just finished, um, the guy and I were talking, and he's like, you know, and he goes, writing this book was so much did so much more for me to get rid of my PTSD than any therapy or counseling I ever did. Wow. And that's wow. when it really that's when it really hit me. I was like, okay, I'm. I'm I'm feeling feeling where the kind of the niche is at, 
yeah. and just helping guys write. And somebody called me, one of my clients called me the Jim Carrey of copywriting. And, uh, cause, cause I, I just embody, Oh, the, you know, okay. <laughs> going, you know, going back to like with my wife, like I just embody the person that I'm writing for huh. and, and, you know, and my, you know, my military career, my, well, at least career. you can speak the language. Yeah, yeah. You know, that helps. Uh, and you can relate to them on that level. Whereas just a, a straight civilian guy probably fails in that, in that respect, yes. at least to try to get in touch with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now is, is wow. my, my passion is just, you know, I want to, I want to help as many, many, you know, vets who are entrepreneurs, like just help them get their story out there. Cause we all have the sure. story, you yeah. know, we all, we all have a story. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes we don't feel like our story is important and, you know, and some of them can be used, you know, for, for, for business, you know, some of them can be used, you know, just to, to write your story as a legacy for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, it doesn't always have to be for necessarily for, for a profit. Um, Right. But it's, right. you know, but it's, it's important, I think, for, for, for guys to just to share their life. It's really cool to like, like sit and listen to people tell their stories and, and help them articulate that and, and get it on, on paper. And, uh, and, and, and it's fun because, you know, as obviously as time goes by, our memories kind of wean a little bit and then, sure. and then you get something written down and you go back and you go back through and you reread it, you know, some time later and you're like, ah, then the, the stories, those memories kind of started to come flooding yeah. back in. Right. Right. Like, oh, we need to add this. And this is what happened. And one thing leads to another kind of thing, right? Yes. The next thing you know, you're in the strip club forever. <laughs> How does it work when you meet somebody who is willing to work with you? How long do you have a certain amount of sessions that you have to do? Do you have to spend some time to get to know the person, that kind of thing? Is there is there a is there a uh, a formula that you use or uh, or is it just kind of hey let's start talking and see where it goes? I, I, it's not a formula yet because there, there's I, there's there's a framework but there's not necessarily a a a, a, a wash and repeat formula that I use. Yeah, right. In there there is as far as like framing out your story. You know there I have I have a couple of. of, of templated documents that I use to kind of ask the right questions to kind of get the, get the information out. Yeah. 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 And that usually, you know, every, every client's different, you know, there's a lot of similarities there. So there's, I have some who, who like, I want to be on the phone with you two hours a day, you know, a couple days a week and and walk through everything. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, And then others, others, they get down and, and usually a couple of sessions, we start talking and, and just, I always record, you know, like, like recording a podcast, you know, I record it and then um, go back and re-listen to it a couple of times and, and really, you know, pull out the nuggets from it. And, oh, okay. and, you know, and just my experiences and my knowledge and, and my, you know, everything that I've been through, I, f- I, you know, I feel like I'm blessed in a point into a place where I, I'm able to, to like connect I can find a connection yeah. Yeah. with somebody and really like jump into it and, and explore it and, and feel like I can, I'm, I'm a part of what they've been a part of. Um, it's weird. It's, 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 it's kind of freaky in some ways, but you know, but on the other side, I'm like, 
Oh, that's a cool gift that I have. I, it's great that you were able to recognize it um, because a lot of times you don't, you know, and, uh, but you're able to recognize it and channel it and do some good for some other people. That's, God, that's, that's wonderful. If somebody's interested, uh, how do they, how do they reach out to you? Um, you know, the best way is LinkedIn because I'm, I'm super active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Wow. Yes. I've been told I should put my stuff out on LinkedIn. You should. Like, it's it's a it's still even though there's some aspect of it aspects of it that are Facebook e, um, it's still a, a really good business professional platform. Sure, um, sure. So I'm I'm on LinkedIn um, with and it's just my name Stephen Leapley, and um, I have a website um, leapleyenterprises.com, but um, that's you know that it, if anybody's interested you know that's I'm I'm always I, I love connecting. My, my wife is like, it's like, yeah, you'll connect with anybody. You're like, Oh, how did, how did you meet this guy? Well, we were had a conversation in the bathroom last week. I'm like, Oh, now we're best friends on Facebook. <laughs> so, like, my wife has that ability. I'll be waiting for her outside of the car uh, as she's checking out and she'll go, Hey, I just met. And she'll give me a whole rundown. I was like, you were only in there for five minutes in that line. Well, we started talking and I was like, how did right. that come up? She goes, I don't know. We just started talking, so maybe you got that ability too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> so. Well, I know when you called me out of the blue, uh, or when we, when you emailed me and then we talked. Uh, yeah, you're very easy to talk to. It's, uh, it's, it, it, you know, there's, there's no barriers that I feel that I have to run over to try to get a conversation with you. So that's a testament to your ability. Oh, I appreciate that. Former Navy Petty Officer Second Class Stephen Leapley, now Ooh. owner of Stephen Leapley Enterprises LLC. Right. Yep. Thanks for your story. It's been a privilege. Uh, you know, I, I love hearing about it. Uh, thanks for honoring the podcast by uh, coming on and telling me all about yourself. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Marty. Thanks. On behalf of Petty Officer Second Class Leapley. I'd like to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please leave a like and a comment and share the podcast with someone else. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service origin stories. So until next time, off the edge, who? Fallout!